welcome in to the season finale of season three of the Fantasy Football Survivor League and Podcast. I'm bringing you in today. I'm your host, Steve. I also have co-host Riley with me, but I'm taking the lead today because it's a very special episode. We have- I'm host, your co-host. Yeah, yeah. Well, not today. <laughs> Gotta get it right. Um, I We have our final tribal council today. Um, we have our final two who will be speaking uh, to the jury. I'm sure there'll be a few people who show up, and then I have a lot of questions sent in from members of our jury to ask our final two. Uh, that final two officially has has been decided. It is John T., no surprise there, and Corey Grip will be the other member of our final two. Uh, coming in, coming back from Extinction, the first time in the history of fantasy football survivor that the extinction person has made the final two so congratulations to him there uh we i guess i don't know i feel like we're not going to be in for a very interesting final tribal but oh we'll let the cards play and see what where things fall we'll we'll give Corey a chance to pitch his game it's a very good story but we'll see how it plays out uh but first order of business before we send it to ourselves for final tribal council me and Riley are sad to welcome uh, the third place finisher to the podcast, Mr. Steven Speedling or Mr. Hunter Postiglione. Welcome to the pod. We're so sorry you're here. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Really sad to be here, too. Miserable affair. <laughs> it was a very, very awesome run for you this year in the league. A lot of action centered around your gameplay, a lot of advantages, a lot of crazy antics. A lot of, uh, let's say, attempts at a blind side. Um, not your fault that they didn't work out. But yeah. just a lot of gameplay and a lot of things centered around you. I think you played an awesome, awesome game. Social game specifically. I think you did a great job. Uh, Riley, you were in the game the longest with Hunter. Do you have a question right off the bat? Um, so I, I, I think it's uh, a very funny thing to, to be bringing up because even if this isn't just in relation to to this game um one of your big fantasy grabs in our other league was picking up and running with sam laporta <laughs> who had his career game uh this weekend um i think he's he got what he got two touchdowns or he three got 26 touchdowns. three touchdowns three touchdowns he, get, he ended up getting uh 26 fantasy points and you had him on your uh on your team yeah uh, it, <laughs> Why? Why didn't you go down with your the guys you're loyal to? <laughs> I I I think that will haunt me for the rest of my life. Is there was just multiple weeks where I like benched because oh, there's there's a bigger issue on my team. His name's Travis Kelsey. <laughs> I wasted 225 fob on him on Wednesday, October 11th. <laughs> uh, I I think I like outbid the next person by like 75 bucks with that guy, but. Oh, I'll get to him later, but yeah, I don't know. It's it's just hard from like a fantasy point of view to tell yourself, oh well, I'm not gonna play Sam Laporta. I have Travis Kelsey. Like, how do you how do you do that? But going forward, I will never have that hesitation again. I'm gonna <laughs> Sam Laporta. Sam Laporta might be better than Travis Kelsey, honestly. At this point, I, I think he is. <laughs> I think next year in fantasy football, Sam Laporta is going to get drafted higher than Travis Kelsey. Is my big prediction. Yeah, for sure. I I just like a I my heart goes out to anybody who like drafted Travis Kelsey this year, like first round. Like 
he really under delivered i think for most people he had like a very average year uh like there's like a game or two where he hit like 20 points or like 30 points but but for your first round pick you could be getting someone who's hitting like a little less than that of course but yeah, props to, props to you for the Sam Laporta. I feel like you're his biggest supporter in the world, honestly. I you're love him. all in on him. So, I, although you didn't play him sometimes in this league, you are still get some credit for that. It, it did hurt me every time I did not yeah. play him. He did amazing every time he was on mm-hmm. my bench. Yeah. So, for me there's two big uh parts of your game that I want to dive into. Um one being advantages and one being your social game. I'm going to start with the social game. Um, I feel like you had the most interesting and powerful social game maybe we've ever seen in Fantasy Football Survivor. Um, you were in so many different alliances, and I feel like continuously allies of yours were taken out of the game, booted out of the game, wheeled out of the game, idled out of the game, and you continuously managed to make new allies, always find yourself with a really good, solid group of allies, whether it was uh, with uh, Liam and Mark and Dan and those guys and Shane or me and my ragtag group of idiots or even Riley and his squad with Kevin Lease. I feel like you're always on a nice social capital path, we'll say. Um, how are you just able to navigate that and always find yourself on the right side of allies, even with everybody you were working with getting taken out? Yeah, uh, I mean, it was it was tough and it was very stressful for most of it. But um. I don't know. I, I feel like it was probably more of like a swing boat position I had for most of the most of the game. And just trying to like negotiate between the two sides, because with almost every situation, there was just like a clear cut. We're either doing this or we're doing that. Um, Like with the with like the Liam Alliance, it was mostly focused on like taking you out for some reason. <laughs> that's, it's a big that's a big thing. And I was like, we, we can get rid of Steve eventually, but like it doesn't have to happen now. I, I always like to work with Steve. Steve. Steve's fun. You're fun to work with. Um, I appreciate that. Yeah. So Keep that, that in mind, everyone listening for next year. And, that, yeah, and, that, and that's why you would have had my vote at the end, Hunter. I wish you got there. Yeah. But, yeah, no, it was it was fun to kind of, like, listen to both sides. There, I had a running joke with John T. by the end where I would just, we would call each other major allies. But <laughs> we didn't really, like, do much for each other. I would I would apologize with something, like, went horribly wrong or like I just like voted for him or something like <laughs> sorry like but like my my validation at the end of the day is like you like won so I you you can't blame me for like taking shots at you like I don't know yeah we'll we'll, we'll dive into that I'm sure final tribal council at some point but uh, I, I appreciate did, your willingness to at least go after the big threats that's for sure yeah I mean someone's sure. gonna do it there's there's a lot of like protecting shields for like way too long way too long <laughs> like it's yeah like, God. there was too many shields <laughs> there's like three different like shields like you can just like, try to be safe <laughs> but like you you'd be safe for at least one more week if you got rid of the shield <laughs> just I don't know I, Did, I get it one of one of my questions for you was I think again like driving home steve's point it, it always felt like you were in like the like the minority but like right on the cusp of the majority like majority you were playing it very very smoothly um is there a time that you ever had to lie to somebody in the game or did you were you pretty 100 percent honest and true to your gut the entire way through did i lie to people i i might have forgotten if i did lie to people um, nice 
I feel like you played a really tight to the chest game where you didn't have to. I, I tried to be pretty honest most of the time. Um, Probably to John T at certain points if you voted for him, right? That'd be my best guess. I think I just like wouldn't tell him until it happened. <laughs> but yeah, I, I spent most of the time like getting maybe like lied to or <laughs> I don't know. There's there's certain actors out there that <laughs> have been afforded my side for most of the, the league. But... Well, why don't we go into that? Because if we're talking about social game, I feel like another thing you did really well was you really didn't have people going after you. You kept everyone like in good enough relationships where no one was like, oh, I got to get Hunter out. Even though he had a good team, he had Fab, there was never like a Hunter is a huge threat. Got to get him out. Like you really managed that well, except for Ben Wiener. Ben Wiener wanted you out since day one. It was honestly a really undersold big rivalry in this game. Can you talk about that? It. I don't know if it was day one, but it was at least since... <laughs> Wednesday, October 11th at 44.35 a.m. when Travis Kelsey entered my team and sleep left my world of possibility. Uh, <laughs> it just, like, ever, ever since then, I, I would get, like, messages from Steve, like, like hey, you're, you're now, like, a big target. Like, <laughs> I uh, just, it, that, that guy, Travis Kelsey, not, not Ben Wainer, but maybe also <laughs> Uh, just caused me so much like unwanted grief. Uh, I, I wish I could have not had that going, but yeah, I I don't know. It's that was just tough. <laughs> Do you have any words for Ben Wiener before we go? Uh, I I'm I'm sorry for ghosting you often. That is that is my strategy when I get a bad trade deal. I'll just not answer that anyone anyone's text. That's my that's my big move is I will just ghost your bad offer. Um, but yeah, Devonte Adams was another big bust. That was another hundred dollars. That was a waste. I wish you I wish you got your trade, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah um. I I I you were able to overcome a lot of a big like. Uh, shortcomings with your team too. I think like Justin Jefferson was a big one for you and Kyler Murray. Those are guys you, it felt like until like the last like week or so you weren't really able to have your team firing on full cylinders. Um, what are some, like what of all the moves that you, that you did make, what is something like that you think was a huge uh, factor in making you get all the way so close to the end? Because again, we feel like we kind of underselling the game that you played. I mean, you're you're the you're in the final three. Like you very well could have won this game if you had just played San Laporta. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> um. Yeah, I I think it was being able to like balance my my like bench and team pretty well. Because yeah, I I did hold on to Kyler Murray for a very long time. I mean, do you like three IR slot? Like why not? Yeah. And he he, he did kind of pay off eventually. Um, so it was, it was more like, I just kind of had to make him pay off rather than I needed him to pay off, but it was, it was fun finally actually be able to play him. But, uh, yeah, so I, I think managing my, my team like that pretty well. And then besides that, uh, just, just kind of managing to stay on the right side of the vote when it happened, only went on the wheel once, I. Wish I hadn't been there at all. It was, <laughs> as always, the scariest moment of the game. 
but for sure the uh yeah so again kudos to you again played a really good game we've hit on a lot of what you did successfully um the last thing i want to touch on before we kind of close out um it's probably your worst move in the game i'd say personally um feel free to blame riley as much as you want for this uh but you had two advantages in this game one of them you got through the steve auction which you played successfully you saved yourself um, being down 10 points, that was kind of cool to use, see you use. Uh, yeah. But your other advantage was a very brand new advantage um, introduced in the game, which was called, I forgot what I called it, um, like the landmine, I think I called it, where yeah. you got to basically pick a player on anybody's team, and when they hit free agency, um, if somebody bid on them and won them in the auction, they would immediately get removed from their team, and that player would uh, lose all the fab that they bid on them. Um, we could talk about whether or not you should have used this on McCaffrey, which is a bigger question, or just how you used it in general. Um, but I think that was one of your biggest flaws in the game. I definitely want you to hit on that advantage. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean the the Elfson advantage, awesome. That was that was great. Just being able to be like, no psych. Yeah, <laughs> and then sending Bruce home. That was all. Awesome. Yes, who who had been a notorious traitor throughout <laughs> the entire multiple times. He had just betrayed whatever alliance I was working with um yeah so that, that felt kind of good again sorry but not really sorry uh yeah the the McCaffrey debacle I I can't blame Riley that much you 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 had some pretty good reasoning when we talked about it the next day you you basically just kind of wanted to save some of your fab to have like going forward right that's that's kind of what... yeah I, I just I didn't think he would be he would be willing to put more money than I did because I, yeah. I put in like a ton of money too. I think I put in like 46 bucks at a time where like, I think you had the, the third highest and you had like 23. So it was half of my fab at that over half my fab at that point. And I think it was like three quarters of his. So I really wasn't a hundred percent that he was going to be, uh, be willing to do that, but rest I, I assured. We could, we could maybe almost blame Kev for going to John and kind of, riling him up and telling him that you're gonna spend all this money and then yeah that that, that could have had some effects on it but uh <laughs> yeah at, at the end of the day i at that point i was really debating like do i kind of work with riley and kev here or do i just become a villain and <laughs> do that and i don't know maybe maybe i should have went the villain route at that point like there's not too much i feel like if there was a question about whether like if riley was like dude i'm putting like all my money on him, let me get him, sure. But if there was a question that John T could have even gotten him, I would have been like, all right, we're just going to play it on him, let John T waste his fab, and then we'll go elsewhere. I, I just feel like letting him get the, get McCaffrey was a huge mistake. Yeah. No, no, definitely. We I, we should have ironed it out more, but yeah. Hindsight's twenty twenty. It doesn't really matter because you ended up here anyway. But yeah, I think, I think uh, with your pitch – in the end game, I think that would have been your biggest flaw. You were sitting next to John T. Having to justify that, it would have been tough. Yeah. My but there you could have just blamed me entirely. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Anything else, Riley, before we head into final tribal? No, I, I don't think so. I, I, I'd I be very curious. That this is like the dick dickish thing that Jeff Probst does each episode, but he's like, how many people would have voted for Hunter if he made it all the way to the end? And then he asks everyone to raise their hand. True. So we should we should try to do that. Great. <laughs> all 
All right. Well, Hunter, once again, kudos to you. I'll ask you, I mean, we'll find out in Final Tribal, but is there someone you're leaning towards voting for here in the end? Uh, you know, it's it's tough. Obviously, John T, repeat winner. That's a kind of a fun story, but also a little boring. But I don't know. I, I'm going to have to actually really listen to what both of them have to say. Cause... All right. Well, again, kudos to you. You would have had my vote if you got to the end. Uh, but unfortunately, you didn't get there, and I'm very sad about it, as I'm sure you are. Uh, but we're looking forward to hearing from you again in Final Tribal Council. Thank you, Stephen slash Hunter, for a great game and a very admirable one. Thanks, guys. And uh, leave Sam Laporta on <laughs> draft. Uh, you can pick him up and just keep him on your team if you want. Getting him and Justin Tucker. <laughs> All right. Talk to you later. Yep. Bye, Hunter. All right, we are here in final tribal council uh, with our final two. Uh, this is our third iteration of final tribal council in the history of the league. Back in season one, it was myself and Mr. Jake Janso in the final two with Jake Janso emerging victorious. Last year, we had a battle between John T and JP. John T beat him so bad that JP quit the game and is never playing again. So, and what do you know, John T is back here again in Final Tribal, now facing off against adversary Corey Griff. We have a very, very interesting Final Tribal in store for you guys and a quick reminder of how it works. Basically, this is set up NBA play-in tournament style. Uh, the winner of Final Tribal Council, whoever receives the most votes, uh, from the members in the league, uh, will be getting a serious advantage um, in the championship matchup. Um, the winner will only have to win one of the final two weeks, while the loser would have to beat the winner two times, as well as the winner getting a bunch of bonus points for each vote he receives. So again, a huge advantage for whoever gets the most votes. So a very important pitch for both Corey and for John T uh, to try and win this game. I do have a mayor of Ponderosa here to ask a first question, but I forgot they used to do this in Survivor. They haven't been doing it for a while, uh, but I'm going to put Corey and John T, our final two, right on the spot right away and ask them to give opening statements and just a quick opening pitch uh, for how they got here and why we should vote for them before we get into questions. Uh, I'm going to start with John T. Okay. Uh, how's it going? Uh. I know nobody likes everybody likes an underdog. Nobody likes uh somebody to be there twice in a row. But I do think I played the the best game. I think uh, strategically, and I think fantasy football wise, like managing Fab and 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 that that route. But um, uh, I don't think it was handed to me. I think I started on Wiener's Tribe, which we didn't win a challenge for the first like I don't know five or six weeks. So I didn't have any Fab to begin with. <laughs> And I was kind of like scratching by the first uh, month and a half of uh, of this league, and uh, I would think I was making bargain buys, and and eventually I started uh, when I got on um, what was it Team Pal? We started winning a couple challenges, and I was able to steal a couple players off the waivers, and uh, kind of slowly just like chip away and get the best team. And I think along the way, I don't think I turned on anyone. I don't think I backstabbed a single person, and it was kind of true to my alliances. Uh, I, I, uh, Steve, your lines I had to go back on, but I told you your face that I, we, we probably weren't working together anymore. But besides that, I think I stayed true to all my guys. And, uh, one of my guys, Corey, made it to the finals together. I think that says a lot. 
But, uh, yeah, I think I played probably the best game. I think I played better than I did last year, actually. And I did it in a different way. I, I had completely different allies, uh, completely different core of allies. Um, yeah, but, yeah, that's all I can say for now. All right, Corey, turning it over to you. Uh, coming back in from extinction, making history. What's your pitch? Um, so I appreciate uh, this opportunity to plead my case. Um, I've done this three years now. First year, I tra tragically came in third because I made a huge lineup error. Last year, I got to within the last week of the get back in challenge, and I picked the crappy New England Patriots, and they lost to the Bears. And then this year, you know, I, I wanted to – you know, going out so early, you know, I think some people forget that you're, you you could still get back in. And I remember I told Steve that if I get back in, no, no one's going to want to see me because I'm going to be angry. And um, I think for me, the biggest thing I did was it was all about relationships, right? I, I had a, I formed a relationship with Wiener, um, you know, while I was on extinction, he kind of kept me in the loop of what was going on and how things were going. And then obviously I had a relationship with Steve, like coming right back in. We made a couple of trades together. We had some dialogue. And then obviously John, Roosh, we were working together. Um, so it, for me, that was getting through those first couple of weeks was huge. Um, Cortland Sutton bailed my ass out on Monday Night Football. Otherwise, I wouldn't even be here. But for me, kind of like John made a great point about him maximizing his lineup, right? For me, I think I did the same. I had no fab. So I couldn't make mistakes. I had to go on waivers, find guys that no one else wanted and, and coach them up in my own way. And all of those guys have delivered for me. And, and most of those guys that I picked up like five, six weeks ago, they're still starting for me now because they've been huge. So for me, between maximizing my opportunities, getting constant information, even when I was out and relationships, that's, that's really my game. And um, John has played a great game, but I have in my own way. We've, we've played two different games to get here. Um, but I think those three things are the reason why I'm here. Awesome. All right. Turning it over to my favorite member of this league, Colby. Colby, get things started for our final two. I hope you have something good in store. Well, I just I would like to start by saying good evening, guys. Hope you guys <laughs> have had fun in this league, walking over everyone's corpses. Um, yeah, so I... I have a few things to say. You guys both had great opening statements. Uh, John John made a great point when that's, yeah, nobody wants to see you here a second time. Uh, and, um, but he also, he did, he did, uh, he did lie. I think a lot of people forget that because there's very few actual voting out of people, that is not a lot of betraying going on. But it came up in the podcast multiple times that John was kind of telling everybody that, he was that that the, he was the closest ally, best friend, and then clearly that can't that couldn't have been true. So that comes up. I'm not a great. I'm gonna say I'm not a great uh, mayor of Ponderosa because I am. I'm voting for Corey. Let's make let's make that perfectly clear. <laughs> Corey is getting my vote. I I liked. I respect that he came back from the from from off the island. I respect all these other things, and it also John put me on the wheel. I'd like to make it very clear: if you put me on the wheel and you're up against somebody who hasn't, you will never receive my vote in one of these games. Ranting ever. <laughs> okay, but now okay, I'm gonna ask question, Corey. I'm gonna ask. I want to know what was your strategy for um getting back into the game. That's a lot of people. A lot of people don't even think about it. Some people have never even done it because they get voted out after this whole part. Like, who did you pick and why? What, any any good moves you made in the survivor pool? 
I think my biggest move of the well, first I'll talk about the whole survivor. You you got to pick a team to win every week. It was like I think for six straight weeks you had to pick a team to win, and if they won, you just kept doing it until like the, the where you pick players and whoever has the highest scoring team of five gets back in. My approach was for picking teams, just pick against the Giants or the Cardinals. I think I picked against the Giants and the Cardinals every single time I, I picked because they're just terrible. So that was my strategy for that. Just try and look for the best potential matchup. And then as for the challenge, I was the only guy that picked C.J. Stroud. Everyone else was picking Josh Allen. C.J. Stroud had 40 points. Like that was That's why I won because I, I took a big swing and I was able to create a team five. And obviously Odell scored. That was my strategy. Just try and do something that everyone else wasn't going to do. I tried to think outside the box. I got a little lucky. CJ Stroud had an incredible game that week, and uh, I was able to get back in. But um, you know, I was just trying to max create the best starting five of the fifteen fab that I had. You know, the Steve Bucks, the fifteen <laughs> Steve Bucks. Basically, I tried to create the best possible combination of players, and CJ Stroud balled out for me. And um, I will forever be a CJ Stroud fan. Um, that was kind of my strategy for the on extinction. That's, that's great to hear. That's all I have to say. Go, Corey. <laughs> all right. I definitely wasn't expecting that, but that was electric as always. Thank you, Colby. Um, I'm going to, before we go to someone else in the group, I'm actually going to turn it over to a question uh, from Johnny Oz, because for some reason he put his question in the group me. I don't know why he did that, but he was supposed <laughs> to text it to me. Um, so you guys might have even been able to prepare for this question. So we're going to get it out of the way first. Uh, but from Johnny Oz, he asks you both, what did you learn between the two seasons you played and how did it help your game this season? We'll start with John T. What did I learn? Uh, what did I learn? Probably just, I mean, coming into last year, even I was like a new fantasy football player. I think that was my second year playing fantasy football. So probably just like lineup management, uh, knowing what to look for as far as like picking up players. Um, like, uh, Knowing how, like, knowing to study, like, the defenses of the of the teams that the players are playing and how to match that up. I think just, like, yeah, managing the lineups and everything, that was huge. I kind of – I got, I think, luckier last year. And coming to this year, I had to do a little more, like, digging and studying as far as, as, far as that. All right, Corey? I think for me, like, the first year we did this, I made a huge lineup blunder, and it cost me, and – Sounds I like kind of learned the final three this year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and so for me, like my approach was play your best guys. Don't overthink matches. Don't overthink everything. Play your best guys. Like I've been doing that ever since I got back in. I have not been second guessing my lineup picks like 24 hours before the game start. And I think for me, like that's been my biggest thing. Um, just trust my gut. You know, I think last year when I picked the Patriots and they lost, like I kind of was you know, going back and forth on it. And I, I wasn't completely sold and I still picked them anyway and they lost. So for me, just between trusting my gut more and then obviously just playing my, my top guys every week um, when I when I need them to perform, that's probably been my two things that I've, I've learned um, and I've kind of executed more this year. All right. Anybody in the, in the Zoom want to go and ask a question? Oh, I'll, I'll go. Uh, first off, First off, congratulations to both of you for making it so far. I'm really happy two original Tribe Wiener members made it so far after our brutal start. Um, my question is for John. I'm just wondering what you changed coming into this year, having won last year. 
Um, how much did you change up the formula? Like maybe bringing you through your draft, what you were thinking then? Uh, yeah. So yeah, starting with the draft, definitely uh, doing the Colby uh, QB first strategy. That was huge for me. I think that's one of the reasons why I went so far was I picked uh, Allen. Had to, I got to pick Allen. Then I got to pick Purdy, who was also like great. And uh, that was, I think, my first two picks. So that kind of set me up for success. And uh, as far as overall gameplay, I think uh, I worked with completely different people. Like from last year, last year we kind of just rode an alliance of me, Steve, Rick, and JP to the top. And we didn't really face much adversity. But I worked with a completely different uh, crew of people. And despite, I know this was started by Riley uh, saying that I told everyone they were my number one ally. That just wasn't true. Uh, I told that to Dan Satil, and he got out. Then I told that to you, Ben, and then you got out. And I told that to Jake DeGrusho, and then he got out. But three people. When Riley made that comment on the pod, I looked back in my text, and those were three people I told that they were my number one. So, uh, yeah, I think I just uh, rode with different alliances, and there's actually a bunch of people I didn't work with. So I don't know why that's – that was a big point of contention. I was working with like too many people, but uh, yeah, I think just different nucleus of people. Uh, I definitely had to protect myself more because coming to this game as, as a winner, I had to kind of isolate myself. So whether that be through voting or in the end, uh, giving Corey a bunch of players just to, to combat like other teams and bolster, try to help Corey, Bolster's roster and Jake Bolster's roster and uh, eliminate the other enemies trying to get us out. So I think, yeah, I think just overall you have to face more adversity and uh, different different alliances. I'll hop in now. Uh, was that it, Wiener? Anything more? No, that's it. Congrats to both of you. Uh, hope the best one wins. Yeah, I'll try and interject as best I can when you guys bring up questions that relate to other people's questions. Uh, Kevin Lee specifically just wanted to ask uh, John T, how many people did you tell that you were their number one ally? You kind of hit on that. Um, but I'm going to just kind of go off of Kevin's question. Um, whether or not, I, I agree, I think you're probably right in the fact that you probably only told those three people. But why do you think it is that a lot of people felt that you, like you had a number one type of relationship with them, um, even if you didn't say it? Uh, I think people know I'm a pretty loyal guy, especially like in this game. Uh, I, I mean, you saw I stood or I, I kept my vote in line with Ben Wiener, even though you and Kevin wanted me to go for uh, go for him, and I kept that firm. And I think Riley wanted to vote Jake in another vote, and I kept that firm. So I'm not voting for Jake, and I told Jake that Riley was shooting him out. And I also think, uh, just like transactions wise, I would, uh, I don't know. I, I would loan people players. Uh, I learned, I loaned Tim Gibbs one week that saved them. Uh, I loaned Corey a bunch of players. I loaned Jake uh, a couple of players. Uh, I know me and Wiener did a couple of transactions during the year. So I don't know. I think people just respected my loyalty. And uh, if they needed something, I would always help. Like I was the first one to help Corey off the, uh, off Extinction Island. Uh, yeah, people are in trouble. I try to try to boost them up. So I think maybe people felt like a little indebted to me, and 
maybe that that did work in my favor. Anybody else uh, want to go in with a question? Quincy, <laughs> Riley, Hunter, anybody? Quincy's good, thank you. Quincy's good. <laughs> I, I wish Quincy would speak up, but I I, I can throw out a question. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, this is kind of just open to the both of you. Uh, but was there was there a move that you just weren't able to get off during the season? Is there something you like really wanted to happen you just couldn't just couldn't get there? We'll start. Yeah. Um, I think the biggest, I mean, because I was out for a while and I'm not going to lie, like me, John and group were, you know, we, we were, we were trying final three. Right. And obviously, you know, had an unfortunate exit um, like a few weeks ago, but I think the biggest thing for me, the, some of my biggest misses probably just on waivers. You know, I, I just, I think there were some guys that I, I really felt like I, knew. Um, especially this last batch of waivers, you know, John got, three absolute studs and I just, I couldn't get them because I didn't have the fab. So that was probably, a, probably my biggest like missed opportunity as for or biggest regret just because, but it was out of my control. Um, so I'm just trying to ride with the guys that I have. And um, I mean, I think really um, that, that's it. I mean, I think me and John were pretty much on the same page for a lot of, you know, the decisions as far as the last four or five weeks of the best way to get us both to the end. And I think it all worked out for the best. Yeah, I mean, just to counterpoint you there, Corey, I, I think you did very well with the waivers. You you got Debo and Ayuk that one week for zero fab. So I, I think for someone who had like $1 in fab, you, you did really good with what you could on the, on the waivers. So I appreciate that, Hunter. Thank you. John, too. Uh, biggest move that didn't happen that I was anticipating. Um, so, yeah, probably after Ben and Dan went out, uh, and I kind of, it was like me, Jake, uh, Jake, uh, uh, Tim, John, and, uh, I was trying to, uh, I was actually very much wanted to work with Riley and I thought Riley played, I thought he played the best game out of anyone at that time. So I was telling him, I, I was saying, wouldn't that be awesome? Him and I final two, uh, I had no plans on, on voting him out or voting against him until. I got went. He was voting with me, so I kind of had to pivot. And uh, but yeah, that was that kind of was in the works a little bit. I thought we both played the two best games. I I thought it'd been awesome. I thought it'd been awesome uh, final two at that point. But uh, yeah, that didn't that didn't quite come to fruition. Anything to say to that Riley, or want to hold off still? Yeah, I mean, I I, I think. Working with Jaw, that was definitely something that was in in my thought process of possibility. I was honestly more so just worried about uh, taking that relationship to the end and what that would mean for my game. So I'll leave that at that. All right. I have a question uh, coming in from Shane. <clears throat> uh, Shane kind of wants to dig into Corey's game a little bit. Um, basically, he asks... Uh, what, Corey, why should, uh, why should we not vote for John T? And then it's gonna be the same question to John T. Why should we not vote for Corey? Do you want me to start? Yes. Um, I think you should vote for me because I just had to overcome so many more obstacles, and you got to give John credit for 
putting himself in a position to have just a, a really strong team the whole time and creating enough relationships and alliances to just kind of like to work with, kind of work between, you know, the numbers. But I, I just, you know, going out in week two, having being on extinction for seven to eight weeks, coming back in with a scrap heap of players that no one wanted, a lot of backups, just surviving the first week or so, just getting by. You know, and then obviously just not having fab. So I have to just get players that no one else wants and hope they do well. I just think all of those things, you know, you know, I know John said something in his opening statement about the underdog and, you know, you got to give him credit for playing a great game. I think in this case, the underdog has the way better story and played the better game because of all the adversity I had overcome. And just from the, from the very beginning until now, just having a constantly battle, just against all these other stack teams, guys that have been, you know, in the game longer and have more relationships. So I think for that, those reasons, uh, I think I should, I should be the winner. John T. What was the question again? Why? Why, why, should, uh, why should he not vote for Corey? Why should you not vote for Corey? Uh, I mean, Corey played an absolute phenomenal uh, game. He played bargain bin fantasy football for, I don't know how many weeks. Uh, he, and he's probably one of the best, better fantasy football minds, like, in this league, I would say. So, the perfect person came back. But I think it's tough sitting out, like, most of the game and uh, and having that resume to uh, to prevail. Um, I mean, I was battling the whole way uh, from our team wiener uh, explosion. That was really bad start for all of us on the team. And... Corey kind of took a hit and went out, but I was still scraping by, scraping goodbye. And as uh, as the past winner, I think I had a huge target on my back and was still able to uh, to scrape by and um, and make it here. So I think Corey uh, may have like uh, maybe a cooler story, but I think I definitely played maybe a better game, and uh, I think I did have more adversity and. Had to do, had to be involved in more votes and more weeks of fantasy football and fab management and all that. But uh, Corey did play an excellent game. All right, we're welcoming in Mr. Jake DeGaruccio to the pod. Welcome in, Jake. Uh, I know you played um, a long time with both of these fellas, so um, why don't we welcome you in and ask the final two some questions? Thank you very much for the warm welcome, Stephen. Uh... Corey, John, congratulations again on making it this far. Uh, proud of both of you. Helped me out a lot throughout the season. Um, I really only have one question. It's kind of generic, but I'll ask it anyway. This is for both of you. Uh, I guess throughout the entire season, start to finish, um, obviously, you know, you worked with some people and worked against some others. My question is, uh, across the start to the finish, who would you say was your your biggest rival or, or your your biggest op, if you will? Um, yeah. Um, biggest rival. Uh, luckily I didn't have any rivals at first. Uh, I think the whole team, uh, Liam, uh, tribe took all the drama. They were, they were forming all the drama, but, uh, I think slowly it became probably like, I knew Steve and Kevin were targeting me and I knew Riley and Hunter jumped on that train. So probably those guys, probably maybe Riley. Cause I, I knew uh, he voted the day he tried voting me out. I was trying to like get in contact with him and Kevin all day, and they just like wouldn't respond to me. 
So obviously I knew what was going on. And then um uh I I when when I survived and, and Riley survived, I told myself if I get Riley out, uh I probably would do that. And uh I did get him out. So I would say I'd say yeah, maybe maybe one of Steve, Kevin or or Riley. Corey. Yeah, probably just because I was out for seven, eight weeks, you know, obviously those relationship dynamics and robberies don't really truly form when you're out for so long. But I think basically all of my rivals were basically all the guys I was going up against um, the last when I got back in outside of John and you, Grush. Uh, but I would probably say Kevin Riley felt like they were trying to I was I was trying to do whatever it took to I knew John was a huge threat. But he was looking out for my back, and I was looking out for him. And I knew that, like, to get to the I would we would have to work together. And obviously we did. And uh, I'd say Kevin Riley were probably the two biggest guys that were trying to, to fracture that the, the trio, which eventually became a duo, especially once Bruce went home at six. It was two versus three. Uh, and me and John both knew, like, we had to, we had to work together and, and just have our teams ball out, which they did. Um, I would just say those two guys, just because they were trying to create the fracture, um, on, and fortunately for both of us, we were able to uh, overcome those two guys and, and get to the end. All right, questions Stuff. questions coming in uh, from Liam, who is not here today. Um, separate questions for each of you. We're going to start with John T. Uh, John T., the first question from Liam, he wants to know, why did you use your idol for uh, during his challenge week? Um, in his opinion, it was a great move because a big reason for his challenge design was to target a threat, but at the same time, he thought you had more dog in you and would play it out for the love of the game. So just talk about that. Yeah, so I think that week was actually huge because for my game because I think the reward was like upwards of 100 fab that I got from that week, and I knew that was on the line, and I think I was the projected highest scorer but maybe by like five or six points. And I think it was what the second highest score we would go home Correct. Or on the wheel. Yeah. On the wheel. Okay. Uh, and I think it had like what five spots half the wheel. So it was a pretty big, it was a big deal. Yeah. Uh, and I, and the fab reward was, I think I got like 115 maybe. Uh, so I kind of weighed that if like, if one of my guys took a shit and, and, uh, Whoever went off on the second projected team went crazy or whatever, I'd be on the wheel and probably go home. But if I if my team won that week, which it was projected to do, and uh uh I would I would get 115 fab and, and I think I had the most fab at that point. Maybe Riley had a little bit more. So I was able to compete with him for players. Uh so I think I, I think that was a smart move I made just to protect my back. Cause I mean, fancy fancy football, anything can happen. Like, so I don't know. I think that was a good move by many, and I think that was actually one of the key moves. And I was able to stay alive for so long and get so many uh, decent players off off the waivers. Uh, so you so you don't have a love for the game. What do you say? So how do you respond to the? He thought you had more dog in you. Wait, what you breaking up? What you say? Court, uh, the second part of his question was he thought you had more dog in you and would play it out for the love of the game oh uh, I mean 
we could be sitting I could be sitting in the jury and regretting that decision right now. So I think I did make a good good play. And Quincy asked dog question mark. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um more of a positive question for you, John T from Liam though. He also wants to know how you managed to convince as many people as you did to align with you despite being the clear biggest threat in the game pretty much throughout the entire time. Um yeah, like I said before, I think I was always the first person to, like help people out. And I think people do like respect my loyalty. People know I'll be loyal to them. Um, yeah, like I said before, just loaning people, uh, players, um, telling people when they were being their name was being thrown around in votes, um, and like generally having people's backs. Uh, I think got me a long way. So, so yeah. All right, and then for Corey, uh, Liam says, "Great job, first off, getting back in the game. He's very jealous." And great managing to make it all the way to the end despite the setback. Um, in the words of Shaq, he says, Sorry, brother, but I'm a little bit unfamiliar with your game. Uh, you didn't really cross paths that much in the game with Liam. Uh, so basically, he's giving you an opportunity here to kind of detail um, your strategy as you got back into the game. What strategic moves you made besides just, you know, fantasy football relations like social game, strategic-wise, how you were able to navigate your way to the end. Um, kind of goes back to what I've been uh, referencing a lot. Just it's you know, just like real Survivor, it's all about relationships and just looking at the best paths to the end for you in as an individual. Um, for me, the the best way I could see, well, first getting through that first week was was huge. It, you know, like I got a lot of help from you, Steve, from John, from Wiener from Grouch, like I got players from all four of you guys and I didn't play all of them, but I did play half of them. And that was a big reason why um, I'm still here. To me, the relationships are the biggest reason why I'm here along with just fantasy football, just management, just putting together the right team every week. Um, you know, me, me and John worked really closely together along with Grouch uh, for a few weeks. And then obviously once Grouch went home, unfortunately uh, me and John just kind of kept working together and communicating and, I feel like information was huge. You know, I, I think even before I got out, just talking with, uh, even before I got back in, talking with Wiener, he gave me so much information about what was going on, who he was working with. And I mean, information is so important in this game and in Real Survivor. And just knowing how to use that information to help you. I think um, just based on my conversations with Wiener, understanding what was going on, who was a threat, who was working together, I think that helped me kind of, uh, work with John and Grush because they were already working together. I was able to, you're able to form a team. So, like I said, I think that's the biggest, my biggest thing besides any fancy football stuff aside was just constant communication with John and Grush, working together, um, sharing information, uh, sharing players with each other. Um, I think that is all about relationships. And I think I was able to do that really well outside of the fantasy football um, uh, moves that I made. All right, and speaking um, on you bring up information is power and information is key. Um, we're going to go to a question from Dan Math here, who kind of wants to dive into a very, very important aspect of the game, which is just advantages and idols and whatnot. Uh, John T., you already kind of touched on your idol play, but there was a lot of other advantages throughout the game, uh, which may or may not have impacted your guys' strategy, knowing who had what and whatnot. Uh, we'll start with John T., Dan just basically asked, how did you use 
other advantages or the knowledge of people's other advantages to further your game? Um. Yeah, we went over my idle yeah. play. Besides the idle play, yeah. Yeah. Uh. Well, uh, what was the advantage you had, Steve? The steal vote. Yeah, I had a steal vote. There was Hunter's two advantages. Um, there's Mark had an idle. There's a lot of other things in play as well. Okay. Uh, the steal vote. I think um, I was like loosely, very loosely involved. I know um, I know I recommend that Wiener should trade it to you. I know I kind of got involved there, and I think there's maybe we were trying to break up another alliance. I thought it maybe was a good move in the long haul for Wiener to trade it to you, and uh. I think I was in his ear about that. Uh, Hunter's advantage, I think. Um, I was actually trying to acquire that from him for a couple weeks. And uh, obviously that didn't work out. But I, I thought he was going to use it on one of the players I was going for. So I kind of kept telling him, Kevin and Riley, like different stuff. Like, I'm going to put all my fab on this guy. What do you think? Like, I'm going to put uh, – actually, I don't think I'm going to go for this guy. So I was trying to like, just spread a bunch of, like, chaos – as far as waivers, so he wouldn't know how to use it on me if they were planning on it. And uh, I don't know if that worked or not, but he didn't end up using it on McCaffrey. Uh, so, yeah, that's the only time I was involved in any other advantages, really. I'd say, too, I mean, just to, just to bode you up a little bit, too, I think it speaks to your social game a little bit that you were able to find out what that advantage was without even taking uh, seven shots in one day. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, one um, of my allies – thank you yeah knowing uh just knowing that hunter had that advantage i think definitely helped you out because i mean i i was really excited to see that advantage come into play uh obviously it didn't really end up impacting the game uh but i think that was a big reason why is because you knew so they couldn't just surprise you with it yep all right uh cory any uh anything to add about you know advantages and whatnot uh, I mean, I wasn't even around for some of the first few advantages that were played. Um, you know, like I said, uh, Wiener was kind of filling me in of what was going on, but I mean, he wasn't telling me everything. So uh, the thing I would say is that the Hunter's advantage, um, it didn't really come into play until this past weekend. Um, and, you know, you know, you, Steve, kind of let me know like last yeah. second, like, sorry about way. that. <laughs> yeah um no it's okay um you know i had a feeling jalen hurts was gonna play so i don't really think it affected me that much i, I had a I had a feeling he was gonna play anyway um but yeah that, i mean that it was definitely, kind of... definitely overcame some adversity there for sure because of that advantage. oh oh yeah because if jalen hurts didn't play i mean you know i mean i think i still would have won either way but it would have been a little bit dicier um and yeah i i what was there was another there was another oh the the hunter advantage where he got like 10 extra points, you know, I, I didn't know what the advantage was. No one knew what it was, but you know, I just had a feeling like just outscore him. So I don't even have to worry about it. And I, I was able to do that. Um, but as far as other advantages, I mean, I, either I didn't know what was, you know, what they were or I wasn't around. Um, so I'll, sleep, I'll leave it at that. All right. Um, question coming in from Mark Jordan. Uh, he basically just wants to know from both of you whether you relied more on your strategic or social game and how or why. We'll start, with, start. We'll start with Corey. Okay. Um, probably my social game. You know, because I, you know, me and John, you know, I've, I've mentioned, I've already referenced this 
a lot. Um, you know, we, we had a lot of open dialogue, um, you know, when, since I got back in, you know, he, he gave me some players, we were able to kind of work out some trades together and, you know, he was able to kind of give me an idea of who might be going on waivers and for how much. And so then I could target other guys to me, that was huge because the, the relationships that I built tied directly into how I was working with waivers, not so much with forming my lineups. That was just me just with my fantasy football skill, just trying to figure that out. But um, just as far as forming my team over the last month and a half, I'll, I got a lot of great information from John and Grush about as far as who they were going after on waivers. Cause it didn't really, it didn't really matter that I knew that they told me because I had no fab. I couldn't get them anyway. So just knowing that information and, and having an idea of who other guys were going to go after potentially and for how much um, that helped me as far as execute how, who I could get for nothing on fab, just get for $0 or maybe a dollar. Um, so, you know, those go hand in hand, but I would say, like say the social game was, I, I definitely relied on that more. Uh, yeah, I think I had a worse team this year than I did last year. Uh, I think fantasy football in general was like way more volatile this year. So I, I my fate was kind of in the hands of people a lot of times, especially being seen as like a, like maybe a threat. So I had to rely on my social game a ton. And uh, that's where all the player loans came into play and, and uh, information sharing, uh, such as Corey explained, especially, and long waivers too, was a good point. Uh, so yeah, I think, yeah, my social game definitely had to rely on more. All right. Uh, Riley, do you have a full on question? We're done with the gallery. No more questions um, from anybody else not here. So, Riley, do you want to hop in for real? Yeah. Yeah, I'll go. Um, and my first question is for for John. Um, I think uh, moving past like the idea of like you having multiple alliance uh, mates, I think something that was very important to your game from the outside was um the ability that you had of like playing with like alliance clusters and then you had like your your roommates with like tim and john and then you had um like the tribe with ben wiener and Corey and jake degruccio there um of those two uh which do you think was the most important uh for you in terms of uh staying so foundationally as the fulcrum of a bunch of different alliances um not only just like how far you're able to get to the games, obviously both are very important, but of those two relationships, which do you think was the most important? Um, yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I think that, I mean, they're both very, very important and both very help me, are very helpful. I mean, I definitely, uh, I think used all their votes except Ben, obviously he was out at the time on that last vote that uh, you went on the wheel. Uh, but as far as the impact, I think maybe, uh, Ben and Corey, just cause we started on the same tribe and Ben and I were kind of working very closely for the longest time. And he for unfortunately got out and then, uh, John and Tim unfortunately got out on the same wheel spin, I think. And Corey and I are now, we're now here together. So I would have to say Ben and Corey just, uh, maybe it was, a little closer with for a longer period of time and uh, had to work with them more intimately as far as being on the same tribe and, and being in the same like faction, warring faction against you, Hunter and uh, Kevin. 
But nice. both were very, very influential and instrumental in my in my game. But you would lean towards the Ben Wiener, Jake DeGruccio, Corey crew? Uh, yeah. Cool. Um, and then my question for Corey. Um, so it, it, this, I think this has been a really good final trouble council for, uh, for you, because I've been able to hear a little bit more as to about, um, what was like kind of going through your thoughts and, and your process and everything. Um, something that I really want to hear from you is especially as, as it kind of got towards the end. Um, it, it really felt like there were like the warring group of like me, Hunter and Kevin against the group of you, Jake DeGruccio and John. Um, what I want to know is of everything that you did, what is one thing that um, you feel the most proud of that you can say uh, and own as your own piece of, of like why you're in the game? Be- I'm in the game because I did this thing for myself. Because I, I think from the outset, a lot of people were a little bit um, apprehensive towards the fact that it felt like John was just kind of giving you a lot of players and things like that. So what's something that you think is very like trademarked Corey grip move. This is what I did to, to make it this far. And, and think- wait, and, and also, it also, it can't be anything related to edge of extinction. Cause that isn't really part of the game. So no one really knows what's going on there. Yeah, that's fair. No, I, I think, yes, John did give me a couple of players, but honestly, the majority of my team right now, I got on my own. And, you know, John said a funny thing earlier, bargain hunting. Yeah, he's right. I did have to go bargain hunting. I had to get players that no one else wanted. That's a skill in itself to target players that you know are good, but maybe just not good enough to play on other people's teams. That That's a skill in itself. And for me, just building my roster, that was probably the best thing that I did on my own. I've been playing fantasy football for eight, nine years now. I've been watching football for – 15 years now like this this is like i i know what i'm watching and i know what i need what i'm looking for from these guys and uh you know i was able to you know get some timely performances by my by my niners debo and i used those guys might have been the biggest two guys that i picked up because since i got been going off every week for the most part uh that that's singularly my my best move um you know john did help me out bruce did help me out so did steve and and wiener but i i think as I went through it, I started to kind of just kept building momentum. And that's something that, you know, fantasy football is not easy for everybody. You know, it, it's, it's hard. It's hard. Every week's different. Nothing's guaranteed. As John has said before, it's, it's not easy. And so the fact that I was able to not only get back in, but kind of survive every week and just keep building momentum just to get here and maximize every opportunity that I've had. Like, that's the thing when you come back from extinction, like you got to maximize every single opportunity because you miss so much time. I think I've done that to the best of my ability. And uh, along with the relationships I build, I mean, definitely on my own, just building my lineup every week. I mean, that's something that I and I alone will take credit for. No, that's, that's, that's definitely, that's definitely fair. I think um, I want to know, like, if you can think of anything like one, one thing, I know there's, there's a bunch of different things that went on, but even in, of going like bargain hunting, like what's like one great piece of value you're able to like kind of swoop in and be like, wow, that was incredible. Like I kind of killed that. And, or you're talking about just like just getting a player for like value. Yeah. Yeah. Or just anything. Yeah. Ooh. Um, man, that's tough. Cause like I've gotten so many like great guys. I honestly, I think one of the, 
the best pickups that I've had was one of my first ones. Um, when I got Trey McBride, man, that guy's been a good, um, yeah, good. nowhere too. that to me was a move that, that to me, like I needed a tight end. I saw him there. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to take a flyer 20 points. And honestly, without him, I wouldn't even be here. Uh, he had 20 points that first week I had him. Uh, and obviously, Cortland Sutton had that big touchdown on Monday Night Football. But without McBride, you know, I wouldn't even be here. I would have been out as I got back in. Um, I take credit for that. Obviously, I did make a couple of trades, guys, um, that helped, like getting Brock Curry from John. But again, like I said, the bulk of my roster uh, was for me just, just targeting guys that I had a feeling no one was going to pick up just by looking at roster. That's another thing, too, that I think I take a lot of credit for. Looking at everybody's rosters and looking at what teams need, what what teams need a running back. Do they need a tight end, a receiver, a quarterback? That kind of gave me, along with the information I was getting from John and Bush, that helped me form educated guesses as far as who people aren't going to target. And those are the players that I ended up getting. I think that was probably another one of my moves that I just kind of did on my own, just using that information and just making the best educated decisions and guesses to build my team. Cool. Thank you both gentlemen. All right. Um, before I hop in, does Quincy or anybody else have anything else they want to ask before I close out with my questions? I don't have any questions that aren't stupid. <laughs> you can go read out <laughs> Same here. Uh, all right. The, the only question I have is, well, if you guys, if either of you were team head, what would you have done differently? <laughs> That's actually a great question. I like it. Was that Hindle? Yeah, who lost week one and was a disaster. There's, there's one right answer. <laughs> um, we'll start with Corey. He's ready. Jeez, that was so long ago. Um, I, I would say just, I don't know, maybe pick a better team name or, <laughs> um, yeah. I, I can't even say draft better because I mean, like, we all were in a really weird spot, only having like five like good players like from the first week, so. Yeah, I don't know. I'll just, I'll just you can I'll say draft better. He didn't draft, so <laughs> you can say draft better. You can just say set your lineup. <laughs> oh yeah, set oh yeah, set your lineup, draft better, and pick a better team name. I think that's the trifecta. <laughs> cool, uh, John T. Yeah, I think uh, maybe just queue up a quarterback next time <laughs> if you're gonna miss the draft, and then uh, maybe don't confirm your lineup at two a.m. and not check it uh, until like five p.m. The next day and see if it was actually set. That's probably a good. Uh, Good start. Awesome. I, Quincy, Quincy was very happy with those responses. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Um, so I have two things to close. Two things for Corey, one for John T. Corey, one of the things I wanted to bring up to you, uh, kind of going over what Riley said, um, and you didn't really touch on this, but I thought it was one of your better plays of the year, um, was the Steve auction. The Steve auction was complete and utter nonsense, but it did matter. It did have an impact on this game, and to be honest, although it was nonsense, um, it was designed for John T and uh, John T and Riley to basically get every single player. Uh, they had the most fab. Um, I kind of gave everybody Steve bucks just for the hell of it to make you think you could bid, but John T and Cor uh, John T and Riley were supposed to get everybody, um, and I think you ended up getting one of your best players from that. Um, I know you were, you know. You might have been in a car. You might have been doing whatever. But can you just talk about the Steve auction? Oh, yeah. You know, um, I'm actually at the cabin for the holidays. 
Uh, I didn't drive this time. That was an absolute <laughs> utter disaster last time. I, I hated myself for that. Um, yeah, um, I remember during the auction, I, I remember saying that uh, when I got Amon Ross St. Brown for like literally 10 Steve Bucks, I mean, that might have been like the gr- the greatest currency of all time, the Steve Bucks. I mean, that that's that shit's incredible. But anyway, I, I thought I was going to crash my car. I was so excited because like you said, the auction was designed for people that had the fab because you could use as much fab as you want outside of the Steve Bucks. Uh, I honestly, I completely forgot about that. Uh, thank you for bringing that up. Um, yeah, that was... For me, I was just trying to go in there and not get shafted, not get some third-string running back that I just wasn't going to play. And it worked out. Uh, it was all randomized, so you could have gotten a good player and you could have gotten a bad player. And, uh, you know, I remember – I just wanted to go into it thinking the – I remember when you did it. Sometimes in the auction, the actual auction, Survivor, sometimes, like, you'll get three good items in a row. Sometimes it'll be one and then one bad. So I was trying to play the odds. That, that was my strategy. I, I don't remember who went before St. Brown. But I think it was like a really – I think it was a good player. And I was thinking, okay, what are the odds that it's two good players in a row? And I'm like, I think it's two players in a row. That was a gut call. And uh, I was able to get a really good player out of it for like 12 Steve Bucks, maybe 13 so, Steve Bucks, something like that. I think 12 Steve Bucks, 13 Steve Bucks, it's free. You got them on Raw for free. But yeah. I thought that was a very impressive uh, move for you for sure. Uh, not that maybe it was more of a blunder by other people, but still was impressive nonetheless. Um, and then my last thing for you, Corey, that, I mean, no one's touched on, but I kind of want to touch on it a little bit. Um, you were out of the game for a while, uh, but it was no secret that you were working with John T right when you got back in. Uh, but you said you were well informed from Wiener who was also working with John T. But again, it was pretty evident that he was a massive, massive threat and target, whether or not he was helping you or not. Did you ever consider possibly taking him out, possibly not wanting to sit next to him in the end, knowing that he was just playing he was playing a good game? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I'd be lying if I said I didn't, but I think the thing with John is that I kind of realized that there were no opportunities to take him out, really. Uh, not that I can remember. You know, John's had one of the highest scoring teams every single week since I've gotten back in. And that's a credit to him for just his roster management, his fab management, like give him credit. But, you know, during the house, the head of household challenge at final five, I mean, you, you couldn't get him out. So once it got down to like five or six people, I mean, he was still like the highest scoring team every week. It, it wasn't possible to get him out unless his team just had, unless his team just lost it for him. Um, you know, like I said, there, there just weren't any opportunities. Um, and if if one what had come up. about the vote when Riley went? Would you have considered flipping to the other side? Oh, if John were not well, saying. Riley and his group was voting for John T. And you were obviously in the contingent with John T. voting for Riley. Did you ever consider with voting for John T. or no? Well, John T. was safe, right? And he's the head of house. No, no, no. This is when Riley got voted out the first time. He made it to the wheel. And then survived the wheel. Oh, okay. I think uh, I forgot who ended up going home that on that wheel spin. Does anyone remember? Anybody help me here? I think it was Tim J and John, right? Uh, yes, it's probably when Tim J went home. Yes, yeah, so, yeah, it was Tim and yeah, Tim J had like three spots on the wheel, and John Oz had like two spots on the wheel, and Riley somehow survived. Did you ever think of flipping on those guys and trying to target John? No, because I I had just gotten back in. I was just trying to create, I was trying to create relationships and, and find friends and find allies. I wasn't even thinking about because 
at that point, my team wasn't good enough to really seriously think I could get to the end. That's that was my my philosophy was week to week. Whatever I'm, whatever it's going to take to get to the next week, I'm going to do, and I'm going to I'm going to work with whoever I need to work with. It wasn't until final five or six where I'm like, okay, like John's team's getting too too fucking good. Like, but again, by that point, couldn't get you know not you couldn't get rid of him because he was just he was outscoring everybody every week. Uh, but kind of going back to your question, like. I'd never really crossed my mind only because I wasn't in a position to really uh, go after him because he was helping me. And at that point I needed all the help I could get just to get through the first couple of weeks. I hope that answered your question. Uh, I don't know if some people will like that response, but that's the truth. And if anywhere else were in my same position, they would just be trying to survive and just survive and advance to the next week. So I would just like that. Yeah. I mean, from my perspective, I was also on the contingent who wanted to go after John T, uh, which is why I, made those trades with you as well. I was like, I can't have John T being the only one helping you because I knew there, we couldn't just let you go um, and be an ally for him right away. And I mean, that's what ended up happening. I got out anyway, so it didn't affect me, but that was exactly what I was worried about. Um, So yeah, good, good job by you um, using that relationship to your advantage. Um, Great game for sure. I'm very impressed by how you got to the end. Thank you, Steve. Uh, I appreciate that. All right, and then John T., my last question of the night goes to you. Um, basically, I mean, it's been no secret that I've been, you know, not a huge fan of yours um, on the podcast just because uh, you're a huge threat. I felt like you're a huge threat and nobody was going after you. Um, and I think you played probably a really, really awesome, awesome, dominant fantasy football game. Uh, but my question to you, I think the social game matters as well. Um, you had a great social game with those you were allied with, but for those that you weren't allied with, why should we vote for you um, over Corey? Um, I think that uh, as far as my social game, uh, maybe just how I could read other alliances and where people are probably going to vote and which people to approach and help out and would trust me. Like, I think I was pretty clear from, I don't know what week it was, but, that you and Kevin were not going to ride with me. Uh, Steve, I think of you as a big survivor mind. I think it was pretty clear that eventually you would want to get me out because my team was getting very good and I, I was getting a lot of fab. And uh, I knew you were riding with Kevin, so I was kind of able to analyze that. I knew I wasn't working with Hunter. Uh, I had a general idea that Riley wasn't going to work with me. Um, but just like analyzing maybe the other alliances, seeing where everyone else lied, like, I knew uh, Liam, Mark, Dan, and Hunter had a big alliance going, and uh, they kind of got unlucky in that fell apart. And, yeah, I think just analyzing the other alliances and uh, using that to my advantage was a big part of my social game that maybe didn't come out uh, on the surface, but was definitely, definitely part of my game. All right. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Um, I don't think if anybody else has any last-minute things before we wrap up, now's the time. Uh, but again, I commend you both um, on great games. Riley, I'm muted. Riley, do you have something? Did Tim have a question? Is Tim here? I don't know. Tim commented something in the chat and then left. <laughs> uh, I, don't, I don't think so. Who cares? Oh, he's iPhone guest. I don't remember who iPhone. Oh wait, no, that's John T. That is name. Yeah, yeah. Tim. Tim had no interest. He just joined and made a comment and left. 
All right. Yeah. I like the running trend of Tim wanting to say something, and we just don't let him speak on this podcast. Anymore. Perfect that way. All right. So, yeah, I commend you both on great games. You both got here um, in very different ways. It, it was very impressive. John T, obviously getting back here for the second straight year. Corey getting back in here after being eliminated and coming back in from extinction, which is no easy feat. So very, very commendable. Um, before we go, I'm just going to give you both one last statement to leave in our minds because everyone will be listening to this and then casting their votes. Why should we vote for you? Corey? Um, I've, I've kind of made a lot of points already. Um, I'll just kind of keep this quick and concise. You know, like I said, um, it's not easy, you know, to get back in. I mean, I had to beat six guys in that challenge just to get back in and to come back in with nothing, no fab, no players, no alliances, at, at, you know, for maybe a couple of days until, you know, John and, and Grush and Wiener and Steve all reached out to me. So for me, you just, for me, I did the best I could with what I had at every single stage when, you know, kind of like Chris Underwood and edge of extinction season, he made the best possible move every single vote that he could to put himself in a position to win it all. And he did that to me, for me, I think I did the best possible moves I could have every single round. I built the best possible lineups. I made the best relationships I could that not only helped me stay in at the beginning, but also to help me continue to get to the end. Um, I have no regrets. I played the best game I possibly could under the circumstances as far as relationship and gameplay. Uh, I hope you vote for me. Um, I busted my ass to get to get here. Um, it wasn't easy. Um, I don't think anyone would say it's easy to get to be go from third out to final two. Um, you know, John played a great game, but I think I played a slightly better game. And uh, I hope you vote for me. Thank you, John T. Yeah. Uh... Uh, didn't I did not start off the game on the right foot? I think I didn't get fab for like the first five weeks. Um, that was really bad, but eventually I was able to build my way back up, and I did build up the best team. So fantasy football wise, I built up the best lineup, the best possible team I could. I was able to conserve my fab, I think, very well. Um, socially, I was able to work with those in my sphere effectively, even though I was perceived as a big threat as a winner. Uh. People definitely wanted me out, and I was able to stop the multiple attempts uh, either through uh, socially, through voting and, and favors, or through giving players other teams to ensure they finished above other players or other uh, other people in the game. But, uh, yeah, I do think Corey played an excellent game, and it's impressive to come back and, and make the finals. But I was riding the whole way fighting every week and uh i do think i did play the better game socially and uh fantasy football wise but yeah it's all to say thank you thank you john t i will be back in within the next 24 hours uh to read the votes um we'll give everyone a chance to listen to this podcast um and think about it over the next 24 hours i will um, I will both add the reading of the votes to this podcast, and it will be a little bit of a separate um, notion as well that I will share with the group to announce the winner. But remember, either way, um, both of your seasons are not over. Uh, there still is the fantasy football element, although the winner obviously has a huge advantage heading into the championship. Um, so the best of luck to both of you. And I will leave uh, leave on this note and let everybody go 
cast their votes for a winner. Thank you guys for a great season. All right, season three of Fantasy Football Survivor in the books. We had a good final tribal between John T. and Corey Grip. There can only be one winner. And I'm a little bit late coming on here. Uh, so the first week of the Fantasy Football Finals has played out. John T. took down Corey in week one of the Fantasy Finals. So that means if John T. receives the most votes, he will be crowned the winner of Fantasy Football Survivor Season 3. If Corey gets the most votes, then he will force a Week 2 in the Fantasy Football Championship to decide the winner of Fantasy Football Survivor Season 3. That being said, it is time. I will now read the votes. First vote, Corey. Second vote, John T. Third vote, Corey. Fourth vote, John T. Fifth vote, Corey. Sixth vote, John T. That's three votes, Corey. Three votes, John T. Seventh vote, Corey. Eighth vote, John T. That's four votes each. Fifth or ninth vote, John T. Tenth vote, John T. Eleventh vote, John T. Twelfth vote, John T. Thirteenth vote, John T. And fourteenth vote, John T. That'll do it. That's enough. Ten's enough. John T. is your winner of Fantasy Football Survivor Season 3. Back-to-back seasons of John T. being the champ. No, Everybody in this league has nobody to blame but themselves for letting this happen. You're all idiots. That'll do it for the third season of Fantasy Football Survivor. We hope to see you back again in 2024 for Season 4. And probably a lot of new twists. A lot of new could be a new host i'm hoping to pass this along to somebody else or we're looking at a few different options i'm tired of letting people get away with this so i'm hoping to put my hosting aside and go balls to the wall and try to win this thing once and for all can't let john t keep doing this uh but looking forward to another season next year i'll still be involved i'm sure just hopefully not as the commissioner but this podcast will be back for more Until then, we'll see you guys next time.